Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Work Show. Daryl Splick, this is Chuck Smith, and I am here to guide you through this weekend's big matchup between Bayern Munich and Werder Bremen. On paper, this one might look like a bit of a mismatch, but crazier things have happened in the Bundesliga this season, and I'm sure that Bayern Munich will be on full alert as they visit Werder Bremen. Let's get things started by taking a look at the recent form of each team. And for first place Bayern Munich, things have been going pretty well. Over their past five games, Bayern has three wins, one loss, and one draw. Of course, last week's big 4-2 win over Borussia Dortmund was one of those season-defining victories. Uh, That left Bayern Munich atop the table with 55 points and heading in the right direction overall. As for Werder Bremen, They are sitting in 12th place, which is not a bad spot for them. Over the past five games, they have two wins, one loss, and two draws for 30 points. They are essentially safely out of the relegation zone for now, but they also are probably out of of contention for a top six spot that would see them qualify for European play. So I think that uh, this match absolutely has some intriguing aspects to it. Uh, There are going to be some fascinating matchups that we'll talk about, but overall this is yet another contest that Bayern Munich should be favored in. They should win the game, but knowing Werder Bremen and how they've been able to challenge Bayern in recent years, well at least at times, they won't make things easy. So let's just take a quick look at some of Werder Bremen's key players and I'm going to start out with the young American, the 21-year-old Josh Sargent, who has really picked up his play of late. Sargent is starting to show those flashes of brilliance that we'd all been hoping to see, and he's starting to do it consistently, which is a great sign for Werder Bremen. Maybe not a good sign for Bayern Munich entering this game, but it's good to see a United States men's national team player like Sargent start to really establish himself in the Bundesliga. Over the course of 26 games across all competitions this season, Sargent has seven goals and three assists, but he has scored in his last three Bundesliga games. So I think that he has the capability to give Bayern some trouble, especially along that back line where you know the Bavarians have some injuries and where things can sometimes get a little bit shaky. So it'll be interesting to watch how Sargent does. He's definitely one of the more fun players on this team to watch. And uh, another one of those (laughs) fun players to watch is Milo Rashica, who has not had a good season per his standards. Uh, The 24-year-old is a speedy, technically skilled, flashy, fast dribbler. I mean, this, this guy has everything you would want in an offensive player. The problem is he has not. Uh, been that effective while on the field. Now, he has been banged up, and he's been battling a multitude of injuries. He's only played in 15 games across all competitions and has yet to score. He does have four assists, but for Rashica, he is a player who I think many had high expectations for entering the season. Uh, even last summer, he was linked to several other clubs, including Bayer Leverkusen. So I think from his own standpoint, he's probably a little disappointed at his output but he still has the talent, and I think that's something that, you know, in this type of game, he's a player that could give Bayern some fits as well. Uh, Rashica, like I said, has 
good technical skill. He's got a good nose for the goal, even though he hasn't shown it this season. But he has speed and creativity, and I think those are a couple of aspects of his game that could potentially give Bayern some issues. Of course, Werder Bremen also has Max Eggestein, who is also 24. Eggestein has two goals and five assists in 27 games across all competition. Again, these numbers are not blowing anyone away, and I think when you look at Eggestein's talent, uh, you would think that he should have produced a little more by this stage, and I think you'd be right in making that assessment. But he is a key player for Werder Bremen. Uh, Florian Kohlfeldt definitely puts a lot of trust in Eggestein, and I think that he's one of the players, again, he's been in these situations before. He's now at this stage of his career almost a, a veteran, and he has been through the battles with Bayern Munich. He will certainly bring his top-level game to the pitch this weekend. Unfortunately for Eggestein and his teammates, I don't know that that will be enough. And, and one of those other teammates that we'll quickly discuss is a player who uh, works along Werder Bremen's back line. He's known, he's known mostly for his time playing left back, but he has played quite a bit of center back this season, and that's Marco Friedel. Uh, the Austrian who was once a Bayern Munich Academy standout uh, did not quite really establish himself uh, with Bayern and has went on to Werder Bremen and done really well for himself after a bit of a rocky start during a loan assignment. Uh, Friedel has absolutely become one of the more trusted defenders on the Werder Bremen side, but he's going to be tested this week, and I'm sure that he's well aware of the talent he's facing. Uh, when he looks across the pitch, but he will be one of the players that Florian Kohlfeldt will look to uh, to kind of settle things down across the back line. And, and he's a player that, you know, any Bayern fan should really keep an eye on since he was also recently linked to Bayern. Now, those rumors are probably all dead now that Bayern has unofficially signed Omar Richards from Reading. But, uh, you know, it'll be interesting nonetheless to see how Friedel does in this opportunity. He is a good young player. He said he was flattered by the recent rumors that linked him back to Bayern Munich. So I'm sure he'll want to come out and establish himself and play a strong game against a team that allegedly had some interest in him. As for Bayern Munich, oh, wow. They, the, the game last week was, was just one of those special victories that occur over the course of the season that you can really point to and say, hey, that, that was a turning point. The team may have been a little bit up and down in their performances up to then, but hopefully this is that became one of the that will become one of those games where we look at and we say that was the moment, that's when the team really established themselves. To fall behind 2-0 to a team like Borussia Dortmund, it's impressive that Bayern was even able to battle back and tie the game, let alone add two more goals and, and just pull away in the contest. So Bayern Munich, from their own standpoint, they have to be happy with where they're at. Obviously, they're playing well. The talent on, on the roster is just unbelievable. Uh, they're deep just about everywhere. Hansi Flick has so many tools to choose from. Uh, you know, Obviously, every week he's probably upsetting some people because he just can't start 13, 14, 15 players, obviously. So... Uh, let's take a look at a couple of the, the key areas that, that Flick could have to make some tough choices in. And let's start out on the offense where 
Hansi Flick has three excellent wingers at his disposal in Leroy Sané, Serge Gnabry, and Kingsley Coman. Through the news this week, we learned, if true, that Sané has now established himself to be on par with Kingsley Coman for the top two wing positions. Uh, It was a little bit of a shock to see that because up to last week, it seemed like Coman was the unquestioned starter at left wing and that Serge Gnabry was the starter at right wing. And that's how it would be for at least the entirety of this season as Sané had kind of scuffled in his starting appearances but then had kind of picked things up as a substitute. Well, Sané was a handful last week against Borussia Dortmund and I think that he has probably started to get comfortable working under Hansi Flick He's probably started to figure some things out about what the expectations are for him. And I think he's probably made Flick rethink how to best use Sané for this particular team. And given that Sané has both upped his own work rate and his output on the field and that Flick appears to have more trust... I believe the report that that said that Sané had jumped over Serge Gnabry on the depth chart... It's a little bit shocking if you think about it. I mean, where we were all at with Serge Gnabry last year, he looked like he was going to be entrenched as a starting winger for the next decade. Unfortunately for Gnabry, things just haven't really worked out as well this season. And it's not as if Serge Gnabry has had a bad season. In fact, you could argue that he and Sané both have had a bit of a roller coaster ride uh, throughout this season, luckily with each of them kind of alternating in form uh, over the course of the, of the campaign. Coman, of course, has been the most consistent of the three wingers and, and probably has earned himself the right to be the unquestioned starter. Of course, how long he remains an unquestioned starter always is kind of at the forefront of the discussion. We had seen earlier in his career that Coman had some ups and downs similar to what Sané and Gnabry have experienced this season. But we have not seen Coman really have a consistent dip in his performances. And it might be a case where he has turned the corner in his own career and he has established himself. He's gotten rid of some of those uh, issues he might have had with, with some relatively poor decision making at times. Uh, he used to really struggle on when to cross and, 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 and when to go on his own. But he hasn't really had that issue at all. Over the course of this season, he looks confident and comfortable working under Hansi Flick. In fact, he he looks so good that he's looking at doubling his salary, which is another story that really kind of uh, hit the presses this week. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how he manages this unquestioned starting role going forward if he can maintain his top-level performances. But as for Sané and Gnabry, It'll be fascinating once again to see who Flick picks. I have not been able to get a good read on Flick week to week. Last week, I thought Gnabry would have started the game, but of course, Flick went with Sané. And, you know, even though Sané has been really, really good, it wouldn't shock me if Gnabry got the pick this week to start. It's one of those things where, you know, it's great to have this talent at your disposal if you're Hansi Flick. And it's, 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 it's got to be a little bit complicated to work with those personalities. I mean, these are three high-level starting caliber, caliber wingers for mostly any team on the planet. And to have them all available, have them all healthy, at least right now, 
and to, to be able to manage them in a way to keep them all happy is not an easy task. So I don't envy Hansi Flick when it comes to that. So I'm very, very interested to see how this plays out, especially against Werder Bremen. Uh, coming off of the Borussia Dortmund victory where Sané was, was pretty incredible and Coman was, was very solid, uh, it would be tough to break those two up as a tandem, but I guess we'll we'll get a little bit of a read on what Hansi Flick thinks when he releases that lineup, uh, I guess roughly about an hour and a half before game time on Saturday. The other area of concern right now for Bayern Munich is the back line, and it's not necessarily because of any dip in performance or any lapses or anything like that. Quite simply, the back line is a bit banged up. Uh, last week against Borussia Dortmund, Jerome Boateng picked up a knock. It was it really looked kind of scary. I mean, it didn't look like it was a long-term injury or anything, but it looked like it might be something at the time that would cause him to at least miss uh, a, a chunk of time on the schedule. But he was already back at practice in training with the team this week. Looks like he's probably going to be able to go this weekend. Nicholas Sula uh, also picked up a knock over the course of, of the week and he missed some time and had to train individually uh, for at least a portion of the week so his status was kind of up and down for a for a part of the week and finally David Alaba picked up a muscular injury so I mean who's really healthy at this point uh, those three players all picked up knocks at I guess at this stage it would be safe to think that Boateng and Sula would be listed as probable where Alaba would be listed as questionable. And I'm recording this right now before Hansi Flick's press conference that usually occurs on Friday after Bayern trains. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of information that Flick gives out. I'm sure that the German media will be uh, asking that question specifically. But some of the options that Flick could turn to if he feels like that any of those three players can't go or that he might just want to rest them to be safe. I mean, for the most part, Flick has options. I mean, he's got Luca Hernandez, who could easily slide in at left at the left center back position. Benjamin Pavar is expected to come back, and maybe he would slide into the right back role. And Flick also has Javi Martinez, who could drop back and play center back. So Flick has coverage if he needs it. It all depends on how much he wants to push those players who picked up knocks over the course of the past week. And maybe in the long term for the rest of this season, it might be wise to rest Boateng, Sula, and Alaba this week. But that's a lot of talent to take off the pitch at the same time. And, uh, you know, Martinez, for his part, has mostly played as a defensive midfielder over the past couple of years. I mean, sure, he can slide in and play center back, but that has not been his primary role. Uh, Pavar obviously is a starting caliber right back and I'm sure we'll be able to pick back up his starting assignment. Uh, Hernandez is a player, again, he's been really, really good at times. Other times he's been a bit up and down, but he is a guy that is no doubt one of the future stalwarts of this team. So I think Flick has good options to work with. It'll be very, very interesting to see who he chooses and, and how he handles those players for the starting lineup and and how he manages any substitutions along the back line. Uh, and that back line will be tested, like we talked about. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to deal with Josh Sargent or Milo Rashica or Max Egestein. So those are three players I think really will challenge Bayern Munich and really present some problems. But in the end, 
Again, I always talk about Byron's depth, Byron's talent, and, and Flick's superior game management. I think Byron is is going to to kind of run away with this one a bit. I think they're going to put an intense amount of pressure on Werder Bremen, and I don't think Werder Bremen's defense is going to be able to withstand it. And Kohfeldt, you know, he has been known to to kind of park the bus a bit when he feels threatened. It would not shock me to see him do that. But he also realizes he's got some weapons to work with. He's got some players that he can take a chance on and and strategize ways to, to make them have an impact in the offense. And with Sargent, he's a player who not only can put the ball in the net, but he's he's a very unselfish player who is really open to passing the ball in the box, which is not something you see from every young striker. And Rashica has the kind of game-breaking ability to where if he can get out wide one-on-one with someone in a counter-attacking position, he could really be a difference maker for Werder Bremen as well. But I see Bayern firmly taking control of this game. This could be another multi-goal effort from Robert Lewandowski. I've, I think he's kind of tasting uh, a bit of the blood of Gerd Muller's Bundesliga goal-scoring record, and I think that he really, really wants to get that, and I think he's he's going to have a good opportunity. And what better way to, to kind of close in on that record than to put in a couple of goals against Werder Bremen on Saturday? Uh, again, we'll take a look at at some of the other players with that are going to support Lewandowski and that and as long as Thomas Muller is healthy and he's impactful in the lineup he's going to try everything he can he'll sacrifice his own game over and over again for Lewandowski to help him get that record and with you know two midfielders like Kimmich Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka having them back patrolling the center of the pitch really dictating the pace of the game, controlling play, and also able to contribute offensively by feeding Lewandowski and drawing away defenders. I mean, this is an optimal situation for a player like Lewandowski to go in and and make a big impact. I'm expecting great things from Lewandowski. I'm expecting great things from Bayern Munich. I think the Bavarians are going to walk away with a 4-0 victory. Sure, I am going to call for the clean sheet, and we'll see how that goes. Obviously, Byron has had some some struggles with that. But one little factoid that I am going to leave you with before I close down this podcast. If you are a, a gambler for 33 straight Bundesliga games in which Bayern Munich has played, there has been at least one goal scored in the first half. So they are not going into halftime scoreless one way or the other at, at least over the course of the last 33 games. So if you are one of those people who may partake in a little gambling, that might be something to look at. And like I said, I'm expecting Bayern Munich to put on an offensive display in this one. I know 4-0 is a bit of a courageous pick, but I'm really feeling Bayern Munich this week. I think that they are on a great track offensively. I think no matter who plays defensively, they're going to really be compact and hold things together and play a smart game. And when it comes down to the midfield, I just could not pick any other unit over one that's led by Kimmich and Goretzka. So that's what we've got for this week. Thanks again for joining us. We appreciate all of the support you give us in the podcast and over at BavarianFootballWorks.com. Once again, it's Chuck Smith. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.